Welcome to the Pharmacotherapy Podcast. My name is Lindsay Devon. I am Professor Emeritus of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences at the Medical University of South Carolina in Charleston. I also serve as Editor-in-Chief of Pharmacotherapy, an official journal of the American College of Clinical Pharmacy. Today, we are talking with Dr. Sarah Jorgensen and Dr. Naja Tabara. Dr. Jorgensen is a PhD student at the University of Toronto, and Dr. Tabara is a clinical pharmacist at Mount Sinai Hospital in Toronto. Drs. Jorgensen, Tabara, and Dr. Lisa Burry contributed a manuscript in the January 2022 issue of Pharmacotherapy addressing an important topic titled, Role of Maternal COVID-19 Vaccination in Providing Immunological Protection to the Newborn. Sarah and Naja, thank you for this timely review and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. Let's begin by, by clarifying the threat of SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19, to pregnant and postpartum women. Your review revealed considerable reports that morbidity and the threat of mortality is a specific concern in this population. Would you summarize what is known about this threat? Sure, we can start by describing the known impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on this population. Pregnant women have been identified as a high-risk group for severe illness when infected with SARS-CoV-2. Data from international cohort studies have shown an increased odds of admission to the intensive care unit and increased mortality in pregnant and recently pregnant persons compared to counterparts without a COVID-19 diagnosis. From a perinatal perspective, severe COVID-19 illness is associated with pregnancy complications such as preeclampsia, gestational diabetes, and cesarean delivery, as well as neonatal complications such as a lower gestational age of birth, lower birth weight, and increased admission to the neonatal intensive care unit. While the absolute number of pregnant and postpartum women infected with SARS-CoV-2 may appear low, COVID-19 can significantly impact perinatal outcome. This is a very serious, serious issue. Unfortunately, the, what we know about COVID and SARS-CoV-2 uh, seems to be a moving target. While your review makes a, a strong argument for the protective role of vaccination in pregnancy, I, I have a question. These data that you cite, I'm guessing, were, were published when the Delta variant was the predominant infectious virus. Presently, there seems to be less concern about COVID-19 caused by the Omicron variant in comparison to the Delta variant in the past. Is, so is there any reason to believe that the health threat may have diminished for pregnant women who uh, may still be hesitant about vaccination and think that it's safer now? Yeah, so that's a great question. I, I think at this time, this is really a big unknown. And, and many of us are, are anxious to see how the Omicron variant is going to impact this population. We do know that previous variants of concern, such as beta and delta, did seem to cause more severe illness in pregnant women, especially when infection occurred in the third or, or the late second trimester. Some of our early data in Ontario uh, did suggest that the risk of hospitalization is approximately 50% lower with Omicron uh, versus Delta, and the risk of ICU admission or death 
were 70 to 80% lower um, in the general population, which is good news. But I think with the increased transmissibility and the immune escape of Omicron, these lower relative risks are, are just being drowned out by the sheer number of cases. And over the past week or so, we've seen more patients in hospital than at any other time during the pandemic. And, and this is on top of quite a devastating third wave here. So I think the upshot is that I'm still really worried about the impact Omicron will have on the pregnant population. And vaccination is still the most effective way for, for women to protect both themselves and, and their baby. And our vaccines, they are holding up against severe outcomes, which is great news. Well, you, you've moved us to uh, another major point in your review, and that is what are the benefits uh, for the unborn child? Could you describe what occurs after uh, maternal vaccination? I mean, regardless of what the COVID-2 uh, variant is? As you allude to, maternal vaccination reduces the risk of infection in pregnancy, including severe infection, which in and of itself has direct benefits to the neonate. In addition to that, SARS-CoV-2 specific antibodies following vaccination, and this data is largely with mRNA vaccines, these antibodies were found to be transferred across the placenta, and they were detected in cord blood, suggesting that vaccination may confer protection to the fetus and the neonate. Interestingly, these antibodies, along with cell-mediated immune cells, specifically vaccine-specific T cells, are also transferred into the breast milk, which can provide additional defenses to infants who may have an immature immune system. It's important to mention, however, that these are surrogate biomarkers, and additional data can determine the impact of maternal vaccination on clinical outcomes, such as the rate of infant infection. As you know, many uh, pregnant women are concerned about uh, drug therapy and when might be the time to uh, avoid certain drugs if they are, are required for, for treatment, um, such as uh, the first trimester versus uh, more near term. So I'm um, wondering if you would speak to the issue of what are some of the considerations for determining the optimal gestational time for vaccination with a mRNA vaccine? The, the short answer to the question is that the best time for COVID-19 vaccination during pregnancy is really now. I think you could make this argument purely based on the danger that severe COVID-19 poses to pregnant women and, and their fetus. And the safety and effectiveness of the vaccines against, uh, against severe outcomes as well. The sooner they're protected, the better. But also from an immunological perspective, this also appears to be true. A really well done study by a group at Cornell published within just the past few weeks gave some more clarity around uh, timing of vaccination. So these researchers analyzed how anti-spike antibodies in the mother's blood and the baby's umbilical cord blood uh, at delivery varied with timing of prior vaccination in nearly um, 1,400 women and their babies. And they found that antibody levels at delivery tended to be higher when the initial vaccination course occurred um, in the third trimester. However, they also found that antibody levels at delivery were still comparably high and, and probably still protective when vaccination occurs in early pregnancy 
or even a few weeks before pregnancy. And, and then a booster shot late in pregnancy can make those antibody levels much higher. They found that two or three doses were better than one. Now, this study didn't look at T cells, and, and as Naja mentioned, they are also transferred to the newborn. And they also didn't follow infants after birth for infections, but I think based on the data we have so far, we can conclude that getting vaccinated at any point during pregnancy is beneficial to the mom and baby. And of course, getting vaccinated early in pregnancy offers protection throughout pregnancy. I anticipate in the coming months, we'll learn a lot more about how boosters can be timed to um, optimize immune transfer to the newborn. And uh, timing is actually something we'll be looking at closely in, in my own research. So uh, my research uh, for my PhD is focused on COVID-19 vaccination during pregnancy and infant health outcomes. And one of our initial analysis is uh, looking specifically at COVID-19 in infants up to six months after maternal vaccination during pregnancy. So we'll be able to understand uh, how the immunological data translates into important real-world outcomes in babies. Well, we'll look forward to seeing your data in the future. If I understand you correctly, you're, you're saying for a woman who's considering vaccination, there's no reason to delay vaccination even though it may be some known differences in immediate immunological uh, status and protection for the fetus, but not to delay it, that the sooner there's some protection for both the mother and the unborn child, uh, the better. Well, your review includes a, a comprehensive summary of studies that reported effects on infants born or breastfed from COVID-vaccinated uh, mothers. And uh, if I remember correctly, there were uh, thousands of uh, case histories of people, uh, women who have uh, received the vaccine. But I think what's still probably a concern to women that might be hesitant, pregnant women in receiving vaccination is, is the potential for adverse events. So do you find any credible evidence of adverse events um, in neonates or, or infants born to or breastfed by mothers who've been vaccinated? So like COVID-19 therapeutics, pregnant people, unfortunately, were not very well represented in vaccine studies. We do, however, have data regarding safety of COVID-19 vaccination from surveillance systems. In an American surveillance system, adverse neonatal outcomes included preterm birth in 9% of the population they studied, and 3% of neonates were small for gestational age. When putting these numbers in perspective, the incidence of these outcomes is actually comparable to that in studies in pregnant women before the COVID-19 pandemic. Similarly, in a Canadian surveillance system, there was no increase in preterm birth or small for gestational age infants in those born to vaccinated pregnant individuals compared to baseline rates of these perinatal outcomes. And importantly, neither surveillance system reported any neonatal or infant deaths. In terms of breastfed infants, we identified four studies in our review that reported on infant adverse events. These included things such as changes in behavior or change in sleep pattern. And one study reported upper respiratory tract infections in four infants. Though these are adverse events that cannot be directly linked to COVID vaccination only, as they may occur regardless of vaccination. 
and it's reassuring that no major safety signals have been detected with vaccination so far, but we will continue to monitor further reports for some additional information. Well, thank you for that, for that insight. Here's a, a final question. For the woman who is breastfeeding uh, an infant, the time to stop breastfeeding, I'm, I'm sure is a complicated issue for many women, and it could be any time from several months to, to several years. So does your review offer any guidance on how long breastfeeding may be a benefit for the infant by providing maternal uh, antibodies? In other words, would it be important to a breastfeeding mother to continue breastfeeding because it provides a certain protection to um, their infant? Based on our review, antibodies were transferred into breast milk as early as one or two weeks following the first dose of the vaccine, and they could be detected for several months after at least two doses. Interestingly, there was one uh, Spanish study that reported concentrations in breast milk of mothers who breastfed their infants for 24 months were higher compared to mothers who breastfed for less than 24 months. I'm not sure um, what the underlying mechanism of that is. Another consideration is that the composition of milk changes over time, uh, transitioning to a primary source of nutrition with um, increasing proportions of carbohydrates and lipids and then less proteins such as antibodies two to three weeks postpartum, suggesting that the early period may be very important too. So the optimal duration, I'm afraid, I don't think is clear right now. And Hopefully in the near future, vaccines for the, um, the six plus age group will mean that they don't need to rely um, solely on transferred maternal immunity alone. Well, that's just um, one insight for our listeners today. I want to thank both of you for uh, participating in this podcast and especially for writing this article. And let me remind the, the listeners that Dr. Sarah Jorgensen and Dr. Naja uh, Tabara and their co-author, uh, Lisa Burr. Their article can be found in the January issue of uh, Pharmacotherapy. And it's much more comprehensive and uh, much more informative than we could cover in this brief podcast. So thanks to both of you uh, again for this very informative and uh, important article.